Marcus Marcus controls the power and wealth of a vast military and religious empire. Yet one horrific crime threatens to destroy everything in his world. Addled by drugs and grief, Marcus Marcus begins a trans-dimensional journey that will ultimately force him to confront a dark and devastating truth. Chapter 24 His terror was contagious. Help's coming, Mr. Marcus, Iftek said. We'll be with you in 40 minutes. We? I've got company. Dear gods, Iftek. So have I. I looked around the grey, white, light, bleared gut of the spacecraft, shivering with fear, wondering where my awful ghostly visitor could be hiding. A quiet click made my shoulders and stomach spasm, but it was only the buckle of my belt, as the safety wire began to pull me towards the console. As I drifted nearer, I remembered the storage space. Knew for certain it would make a perfect hiding place. I reached for the belt, but my hands were shaking too much to release the wire. Iftek, I whispered, my voice quavering. It's hiding beneath the console. Nothing is hiding, laughed Iftek. There is no bogeyman. You suffered... A dose of space psychosis, that's all. Iftek, I said, my voice tight now, ready to turn into a scream as the wire drew me ever closer to the thing that hid in the space below the console. This is real, something touched me. Psychosis, declared Iftek's voice confidently. First. You get a sense of cosmic empathy, then ecstasy, then communion with something beyond your ken, then fear, followed by gut-wrenching terror. I said nothing. Sound familiar, Mr. Marcus? said the cheery voice of my vizier. The fear in my belly flipped over and died. It was replaced by a warm splash of relief, relief that brought childish tears streaming down my eyes, a gulp and another gulp to my throat. Bastard! I spluttered, and added a few more expletives just to keep the first one company. Iftek chuckled. Been there... Mr. Marcus, he said. It's an awful thing, but it's over now. I will be linking up to you in about 30 
minutes. How did space psychosis affect you? I asked, needing to keep Ifdeck talking, confident I was safe, but aware that a little wisp of fear was still inside me, waiting to flare up into a scarlet conflagration. Oh, the usual stuff. I fucked the good goddess herself. And then it all went pear-shaped. Does Estella know? No, never will. Our security officer can handle dancing girls. Intimacies with the queen of the universe would be a bit more problematic. I thought you were back at the space station, I said, enjoying the party. No, replied Evdek. I never had any intention of doing that. You followed me? Me and two of the security team had to. If I'd let you go out into space on your own, Estella would have been irate. For a moment I found it hard to speak. Too many thoughts and questions and emotions were bubbling up inside me, hissing and spitting like a fish-packed sea. I'm glad, I finally said. It was stupid of me. Let's settle for calling your exploit daring and carefree, laughed Ifdeck. My ever-loyal spinmeister. I reset the gravity, gave it 15 minutes to slowly build back up to 1G. As weight returned, so too did a comforting sense of up and down, of ceiling above and floor below. When full gravity returned, I ran to the rear of the hull, turned, run back to the console, repeated the exercise, feeling blood pumping through me, Sweat pricking my skin. Ifdeck stepped through the airlock beside the console. Give me a minute, I grunted. Just need some more exercise, then some stretches, then I'm all yours. That's what I said to the good goddess, was his witty riposte. I switched to a steady jog, then a walk. Back and forth, back and forth, along the short length of the bullet pod, reflecting all the while on what I had experienced. My terrors may indeed have been nothing more than a vivid dose of space psychosis, but I remained troubled nonetheless. I slowed to a steady, strolling pace. If Dick sat at the console, switched on the screen, I walked over to him, began doing stretches. Trying to sound light-hearted, I said, I thought the ghost was someone I knew. 
That's how it works, Mr. Marcus, Eftek replied, but he did not turn to face me. I thought it was my wife. Eftek remained staring at the screen. Oh, he said, sounding distracted. Irritated, I put my hands against his chair, turned him to face me. Numa, I said. Ifdeg's brows were creased in thought, his lips pursed together. Mistaking his silence for disapproval, I declared, She was a good woman, no matter what anyone else says, no matter what she did. Her heart was good. Tears pricked my eyes. Ifdeg's face softened. I have no doubt she was, Mr Marcus. But... Sadly, I never knew her. Shit, I muttered, embarrassed. Was it that long ago? A quarter of a century, Mr Marcus. She died before you got the chance to introduce us. It hit me then, in the pit of my stomach. Numa had been dead. Longer than she had been alive. I looked from Ifdek to the screen. Ifdek turned to face the screen as well. There's a picture of the palace complex with the words Communication down, scrolling along the bottom. We sat for a moment in our separate stilled silences. Then Ifdek's hands moved across the console and the screen switched to his personal comms channel. A message from Estella, he muttered, moving his fingers again. My security chief's face appeared on the screen. The recording was still for a moment and then flicked into sound and motion. Hi, Ifdek. Just to let you know, I'm going to run a security test whilst you're away, so communication will be down for a few hours. Nothing to worry about. The image of Estella paused for a moment, then smiled before continuing. Oh yeah, and congratulations. Jayev went into labour last night, and a little boy was born just after five this morning. He looks just like you. Take care and keep an eye on Mr Marcus. The screen went blank. Stars, I cried, incapable of making a more coherent comment on this astonishing news after all the wonders and horrors I had experienced in the previous hours. Such a surprise filled my belly with merriment made my head light and delighted. If Dick was a father, I looked at him, my synapses and tongue still fumbling for the right congratulatory joking words, and saw a strange and awful thing. If Dick sat, staring at the screen, his body rigid, the colour slipping away from his face, to be replaced by a greenish-grey tinge, Then his hands began trembling on the console. 
The tremors spread to his arms, and soon his whole body was quivering. If Dick, I said softly, surely fatherhood isn't that scary? But my trusted companion of twenty-five years and more was deaf to me. His eyes stared. Even his violent convulsions made his arms and legs move up and down. His terror was contagious. Nausea rose in my throat, but I forced myself to look down at the storage space beneath the console. The storage space where I knew the demonic skeleton hid. Such was my state of mind that I was sure I saw a bony hand gripping Ifdex's leg. Mesmerised, I found myself bending down towards the skeletal fingers, as caught by their terrible wonder as a man balanced on a cliff edge is pulled towards the singing void. As I bent, I brushed against Ifdex, and suddenly, with that slight touch, both our spells were broke. He leapt out of his seat, crying aloud, Fuck! Whilst I fell forward, my flailing arms opening the storage door, sending a heap of containers tumbling out. Shit, Ifdek! I cried, angry now. What are you playing at? Ifdek bent down, helped me tidy up the spilled stores. When we finished, we both sat silently on the floor. The emptiness of the ship seeming to expand with every mute moment. It was me who broke the silence with a clumsy attempt at humour. You're not exactly a great advert for fatherhood, Ifdek. Ifdek grinned then, and the vast emptiness seemed less threatening. The message came as a shock, Mr Marcus. He rubbed his hands together, stood up, then leaned down, offering a hand to me. I took it and let him pull me up, made no comment about the trembling of his hand. Tom, he said, why did this have to happen now? I was about to make a comment about birds and bees, but before I could speak, I saw that Ifdex's face, though back to its normal hue, had a grimness to it. His brow was deeply furrowed, his lips stretched in a thin grimace. When he next spoke, Ifdex's voice sounded old and weighed down with sorrow. The fact is, Mr Marcus, there is no such person as Jayev. Thanks for listening to the latest chapter of Marcus Marcus and Hurting Heart. Be sure to tell all your friends, family and ancient enemies about the story. If you like it, rate it, review it, pass on the word 
and subscribe on Podbean, iTunes, Player or your favourite podcast app. If you want to know more about what I do, check out my website, fabfultonstories.weebly.com.